Hello everybody and welcome to Dollars. I'm joined as always with Chris Ronalds. How you doing, Chris? Uh, unreal. Uh, <laughs> back in the studio. Uh, another whiskey. It's a Thursday night. Oh, God, Thursday nights are good. How good is it going to be when there's footy on a Thursday night? Oh, I know. I can't wait. We're getting pretty close. It's so We're getting close. very close. So close. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, you been up to much? Uh, much, uh, yeah, look, I just got home from work, a couple of big days at work, um, which is pretty lame. Um, outside of that, um, nah, sweet FA. What about yourself? Yeah, same. Today definitely felt like a Friday. I was pretty sad that, uh, that I got one more day left, but, uh, looking forward to Saturday. We got ourselves a, a pretty tasty card for the uh, Melton Social Day, so... Get excited for that. Uh, that could be that could be a moving beast, bro. That could be a moving beast. Uh, I hope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hope to be there. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, I thought it was Sunday for whatever. Oh, not not for whatever reason, uh, because it has the American dates on the uh, on the website. I saw like O three, and I was just like, oh, the third. Ah, uh, Sunday. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I'm like a genuine 50-50 for Sunday, but I'm 100% for Saturday. So that's worked out pretty good. I was going to register and then see, but I'll be there. I'm looking forward to uh, getting absolutely destroyed by U3 because uh, my PB is currently neg two. Uh, I've played two rounds at Little Blind Creek and I went neg two both times. So that's my best and worst score. And you and Pan routinely... Neg 10 plus, and Aaron is more than capable of uh, pumping out something like that as well. So, could be could be a very chump stats day for me. Could, so, could be, could be. <laughs> we'll see how we go. So, someone else near and dear to our heart who is not chumpy, who, who's putting up some pretty impressive numbers at the moment, uh, by sort of virtue of playing a lot of disc golf, like... <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll get to it first so it makes more sense. Jeff Brunsting is the current number 10 ranked uh, global master. Of course he is. <laughs> In the world. Oh, I think that's fitting. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was um, I thought it was a grandmaster's thing, but it's not. I'm on his I'm on his page right now and he's the number 10 ranked Master, correct. <laughs> in all in all the world, not even Australia. So, uh, Ruben, nah, Daza, nah, Finney, none of them, none of them got anything on Jeff. Number ten. Uh, I will caveat this by saying I'm fairly certain the global rankings are points based, and so far this year, what what are we just ticking into now? What month? Just we're about to hit March. We're about to hit March, so we're two months in, and Jeff has uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 tournaments under his belt. <laughs> He's got 12 tournaments so far this year. What a beast. Just getting, getting them numbers up. Huge. That's more than a lot of people listening to this pod have ever played. In a year. Or ever. Yeah, I mean, like, ever. yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of people ever. True that. But yeah, that's a that's a big year for a lot of people. <laughs> Just there already. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Summer Cup, what a what a thing. 
Yep. But yeah, shout out to Jeff, the number 10 ranked master in the whole world. Yeah, that's epic. I'm just having a quick flick through, um, scrolling down, trying to uh, find a name that I'm familiar with in the master's world. Um, and I, I'm currently down to 140 and I, like I'm yet to find a big name. So um, if I get one before the end of the pod, I'll, I'll let people know. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> So I'm sure you're all over this because uh, I know you listen to Tour Life. I was having a bit of a listen uh, on my way home today. And the start of the Tour Life podcast with Brody Smith and Paul Ulibarri. Oh, is that um, formally known as Tour Life? Is that Therapy Life? Therapy Life, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Therapy I'm familiar, life. yeah. Uh, so Brody is uh, leading off with pretty much how he reckons he's lost his passion for the game of disc golf and how it sort of like just kind of feels like a, a job now. And it's, it's something that he's been fortunate in his whole life that he's never had to do anything that he wasn't completely passionate about, which is wild because that's every day of most people's life is just doing stuff they're not very passionate about. But so he, he's torn. He doesn't really know what to do. Yuli seems very unfazed by it. He's like, ah, yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, that's how this is. He's like, yeah. you, you think I like getting beaten by a hundred strokes by these kids? Like, that's not fun for me. He goes, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do. He's like, I still think I can win. So I'm going to keep pushing. Plus, I'm sure he's pretty well paid. But, um, but yeah, Brody's like, nah. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. He's got a two... He didn't seem to worry about the this year and the next year that he has on his uh, contract for Discraft. So I don't think he's quitting just yet. But, yeah, what were your thoughts on, on hearing that? Um, look, you know, I think a few of us saw this coming a mile away. Like, you know, Brody Smith is, you know, temporary Smith. He, you know, he comes into things, he's a flash in the pan and, and then he moves on to another project. I think he's kidding himself if he reckons any of us believe for a second, it's because he has the luxury of not having to chase a dollar. He's chased a dollar. He's crunched some numbers and, and, you know, maybe the dollars are, you know, plateauing out and are cool. Where's the nearest exit? Um, I'll be using that door soon and I'll go chase a dollar elsewhere. You know, he talks about falling off the place of the earth with um, him and Kelsey or whatever her name is. Um, and I just, I don't buy it for nearly a second. Um, you know, he was a flash in the pan in the professional golf scene and he's going to be a flash in the pan in this scene. Um, he always was. Um, you know, I, I will say that he's been around uh, longer than I suspected he would hang around. Um, and I'm, I, I'm, I am super impressed that he made it to a 1020 golfer. Um, but yeah, you know, he's, he's been, he started, you know, playing some professional events in 2020. It's now 2024. So he's into his fifth year of doing this and yeah, he, you know, finished 107th at chess.com and didn't single shoot a single, a thousand rated round. Um, yeah, I believe a lot of the sense, uh, stuff that about it, he's lost his passion, but there's a lot of stuff that I ain't buying for a second. And, um, you know, I, I expected him to come and go and the sport is better off. Like we are in debt to Brody. We, you know, we, you and I have personally met disc golfers that 
found the game because Brody found the game. And um, if we're experiencing that in Australia, you can only imagine how big that his impact has been. I think disc golf is in debt to him. I'm taking none of that away. Um, but I think he's just talking a bit of bullshit on his pod for sure. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, it does draw me into, like, has there been times where, where you have lost the passion and have thought just, what am I, what am I doing? Why, why have I paid money to go to this state to play this game that I am shit at? No, I haven't. I haven't. I know, I know others have. Um, I know for sure others have, and they've shared that with me. Um, I, since becoming a dad, I've like pretty aggressively, like not gone into state very uh, many times. Um, and when I have gone, um, I've had a good time. Uh, nationals, nationals probably ran the risk of creating that for me. I, I performed really poorly at nationals, but I. You know, I went to nationals fully knowing that I'm not playing disc golf at the moment and I had n low expectations. Did I hope in the back of my mind that I would surprise myself? Yeah, of course. But I was also real and I knew that I was going to perform poorly and still just loved it because Hobart's beautiful and the people are beautiful and hanging out with the boys is the best. Um, so, no, um, I'm, not, I'm not in it for the win. Yuli spoke about it in, t in tour life, about being in it for the win and still believing that he could win. That's never been my motivation, you know. So no, I, that, I haven't got there for myself. But for play, for many players, especially in MPO, that is there. I, maybe I'm the minority. Most players in the MPO probably do believe and uh, and are capable of winning. Where I'm like, I've never really thought that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit the same. I've definitely had many tournaments and like patches before where I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I spend a lot of money on this thing. Like, I do travel a fair bit in a state. I play a ton of tournaments. And there's been so many times where I'm, like, so shit and just hating everything that's going on and talking to someone about the next interstate tournament that, like, I'll see them at. And I've just thought so many... Like, I've definitely thought a bunch of times, like, like, what are you doing, dickhead? Like, do you even like this? Or is this something you just do now so the next thing's on, so you just go. And uh, I, I don't think that's the case. It's really hard to tell, but I don't think that's the case because, you know, now I'm, you know, just ran a tournament before just because, I, you know, I wanted the, the big tour to be a good thing and that course is fun. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that's my case, but I, there's definitely been times where I've asked myself that. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird one. Yeah. It is. Uh, we did. Uh, we touched on last week about the Vic Open and how they were going to have uh, gold, white, gold. I think is what the original layout was for everyone, right? Yes. Or potentially there was some red involved for the others. And the others were going to go white, red, white. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So there. From what I can make of a post that I I don't have up in front of me, but I remember seeing. That there seemed like there was a bit of backlash, so I don't know how much backlash that was. I don't know, you know, who was making this noise, but they've had the format change, so there's no more red. So MPO, FPO, MP40, MA1, and FA1 will play the golds all three rounds, and then everyone else plays white, gold, white. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, where's like where's the um, 
backlash button. Like, can I now do backlash? Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And where do I press it? And like, oh, look, I don't know. I'm not even signed up. I'm not that invested. Um, but the original format, I loved. The, the Inverly White is awesome. Inverly White um, would play really well for 99% of all competitors. Uh, and it would be an opportunity for players to shine and, and it would be pressure to birdie. Um, and I and I like that about a course. And, and gold would be challenging. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where this backlash has come from and I and I don't I don't understand it because um yeah, I, I don't know. The whites are good and they're hard. Yeah, I'm curious as well, because yeah, is it the lower divisions bitching that they gonna play on the reds and they didn't want to? Uh, or yeah, was it higher division people not sure why they didn't just go three rounds of the gold? Uh, I don't know. I'm with you. I think the white's good. I, I wasn't mad at the gold. I was surprised, but I wasn't mad at the gold white gold because yeah, it, it is like a little less brutal and a f- like a fun course. And like you said, it's it's a you must birdie then. Like gives me flashbacks to the Inverley Open. Uh, what must have been late last year where Dave Perry went like 13 down or something stupid or was 13 down and took a double bogey on the last for like an 11. Like where you just had to get the eagles and you had to get the birdies and you can't stay in touch. That's pretty cool for us, you know, normies to to see that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where it's coming from, but it looks like this is where we're at. It makes more sense to me, I think. Uh, this is how I would have envisioned that it just was. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised now that it, it's sort of been a bit of a flip-flop. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, we'll, let's, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, when we had uh, the Nationals there a few years ago, there was just, um, yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to have a very large spread of scores and you, you're not going to have many very, you're not going to have very many people in the hunt. Uh, come the final round um, but by going gold white and then then going gold you you could have had you could have had a chase card victory you know you could have had yeah could have a few different scenarios could have played out gold white gold what you'll have with gold white gold 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 is you'll have the top few just perform and run away with it over the weekend yep some uh, someone probably named Dylan Feldman will probably go like neg six yeah. neg four neg six and win by a lot yeah potentially <laughs> is uh my imagining and uh someone like alan will probably go plus eight plus 12 <laughs> plus eight and uh get smacked but we'll see we will <laughs> all right so the pro tour kicked off yes it did we're at, back at uh the chess.com invitational which is uh, the property owned by Paul McBeth and a uh, baseball player who I don't know. Dylan Cleese, Cleese something. Sure. Dylan someone or other. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we didn't know too much about it because, you know, it's a new event to the Pro Tour. They played a similar version of the course in an uh, uh, event called Throw Down the Mountain, which Paul McBeth has won 35 times in a row or something like that. But if you have a look at them, no one else has ever played. <laughs> So it, it was really hard to judge uh, how it was going to go. And Paul's getting old now, so you can't back him in early early in the season. 
You gotta let him. Uh, if we learn anything from last year, you gotta le- let him get to Europe and then feel good about himself, and then then he can start getting some W's. But uh, it was a yeah, very fun event. I didn't see too much of it live. I saw a little bit, and I've seen uh, most of the post production now this week, and it was really cool to see. We had Anthony Barella take it out in the MPO, his first uh, tour victory. Funky off the back and. Yeah, exactly. He's been very close a few times, and uh, yeah, finally gets it done. So, which is really cool to see. It's not. Um, look, I didn't tip him, and it's not the sort of track that I would ever tip him. Um, you know, there wasn't. You know, he's the longest thrower, as we saw at the showcase. He's the longest thrower in the world, um, throwing a couple over seven hundred feet, which in the metric system I think is about four hundred and ninety meters. Um, <laughs> And, you know, they, they, it didn't set up for that. It didn't set up for the power sidearms and the power backhands um, for the most part. Um, it was low ceiling woods golf. And, you know, when I think of woods golfers, I, I don't think of AB. So uh, a, a huge victory for him. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be very scary for the rest of the field because he's, he's got to have as much potential as anyone who's ever held a disc in their hand. So if he can put it all together, then it's game over for pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, he had won it by a stroke, but it wasn't really that close. He laid up in the end, and he was ahead by a million before that. But Ricky did make it interesting. He um, One thing I saw too and heard on the Tool Life pod is that when he hit that big putt on 17 to save par he just jumps in the air turns around and just scream like they double fist pump and the big scream of yeah or whatever it was uh and (laughs) ab was the closest one to him like (laughs) a couple meters away and ab said it was pretty intimidating that that ricky is a very vocal guy on a card so if he's charging to (laughs) catch you he he's sort of letting you know i'm sure he's not like eat a dick son but i can like i can really imagine that high intensity guy just picking up stroke here and there and it's just it would be so in your face oh i love without it without him trying so hard i love it uh throws it reminds me of leighton hewitt yeah exactly yeah, yeah i love it so yeah that one uh so it was really cool to see that he could still keep his composure and uh stick to his game plan for hole 18, throw that straight shot, keep it in bounds, and then all he has to do is throw it as far as he felt like, and then it was game over. So, well done to him, well done to Rick, and Gossage apparently can putt now, so that's got to be a pretty scary sign for the rest of the competition, because that was probably the only thing really holding him back. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some highlights from All-Star Weekend. Um, I I don't know if I'll put him in the can putt now category just yet. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I, all, all the power to him. But that's a brilliant segue uh, to FPO if we want to use it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> can putt now? Yeah, wow. I mean, I, I didn't see her at All-Star Weekend, so I can't comment. But wow we. Yeah, massive victory for Evelina. Yeah. And wasn't anywhere near victories last year. No, not really, not. But uh, the European Open she was, but there was really only... Four girls there that had any chance, I, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so huge out of the gates. Uh, next 16, smashing everyone. Yeah. 
absolutely everyone. Only seven people under par, and she's 16 under par. It's like, so, it must be like a yeah. 10, 20 event or something as well. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, huge one there. And it would have been a wide open field with the tar not showing up. So, yeah, that just, you got to take those chances when you can. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that being said, you know, you that being said, Kristen Tatar, you know, doesn't consistently have 10, 20 events. I would have, I would have loved for Tatar to be in this field. Like yeah, 10, yeah. It'd be really 10, good to see 10, how that was. huge. Like, that's a hu- yeah. huge event. Massive. Yeah. Uh, Ella Hansen behind that, yeah, five strokes back, one ahead of uh, Missy Gannon and Holly Hanley. Uh, good disc golf there, and Hannah Bloomrose as well. So if Hannah and Evelina are going to be there from the jump, uh, they're both very good, but both had their sort of putting woes. If if they can shake that, then, um, yeah, we can see some some pretty cool competition in the FBO. Uh, Paige Pierce not bringing it yet, so hopefully she can... Yeah, get the body right moving forward. True that. And uh, I think we've got a couple of weeks now until the next Pro Tour event, but a bunch of them are going off to Vegas to play uh, what is traditionally the, the start of the Pro Tour. So, uh, uh, the Memorial. Memorial, yeah. Isn't it, uh, is yeah. it Arizona, in it? Oh, okay. Yeah. My yeah. bad. Uh, yeah, so a bunch of them will be doing that. But, yeah, the next Pro Tour is not for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So the Aussie tour really kicked off as well. Yeah. The first yeah. major of the year, yep. the Sizzler in ACT, and it what an event that was! I, I talked last week about how I was super close to getting over there, and man, I really wish I did now. Um, but yeah, what a what a battle it turned out to be in MPO. It was pretty seesawing throughout the whole weekend, don't you think? Well, up until the final round. Yeah, uh, there was yeah, a, a few people in it. A few people in it for sure. Um, and bring on bring on the next rating update. <laughs> That's all I can say. Bring, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring on the next rating update. Obviously, we've got Dylan Fowlman sitting there as a 1,008 rating, uh, rated golfer, and you know he's pulled out at a 1,007 event, so I don't see that changing much. Um You've got David Perry who's sitting on nine nine nine, and he's had a thousand and seven event. Um, you know, Chili who barely competes, so like he could he could have the Dylan, he could have the Dylan effect. He's not, you know, who knows how many rounds he's going to have fall off, and he's also had a thousand and seven event. Um, yeah, bring on the next rating update. It was, uh, yeah, some. Well, when can you like? When have we had? I've already listed four. I've now clicked five. We've had. Five players um, have a thousand plus events in this one. Yeah, amazing. What the hell? It's, that's never happened in that's the... never happened in Australian history. Ne- never. No, ever. that's not a national. Well, well, I don't know. Have we ever had five Australians have a thousand rated events ever? Maybe I'm not sure. I can't remember who all got it, but I remember us talking about nationals and how. Ridiculous it was that how so many yeah, uh, but that, they were thousand rate events, but that rounds. could have been five. Yeah, yeah, okay, not events. Yeah, they were rounds. Where it was like yeah. sixteen players down that had a thousand rate of rounds sitting there. The the ceiling is lifting in Australia. I talked about this a bit at Linda, but we are we are going through a bit of a rating shift at the moment in this country, and I'm mean, all for it. It benefits it all. Rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, definitely. Like th- those top five were 
essentially miles ahead of the rest. Uh, Bainey slotted there kind of in the in-between at 6th, where it was neg 21 for 5th, neg 15, 6 strokes back for 6th. And uh, we know Bainey has got more in the tank than that. And, and then it drops off after that to like neg 11s, 10s. So from, yeah, 1st to 7th being almost three times as many, like 28 to 11. It, yeah, the cream is really rising to the top, and these guys are pretty goddamn good at disc golf. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the winner. Who who took it out by six strokes in the end? Uh, Jade Brady. So a monster 1041 rated second round, and it wasn't. Uh, he wasn't too far ahead of the pack by then, because uh, Aussie D was right there behind him, but he dropped off, and once that started happening, it was like, oh, Jade's a mile ahead. Uh, so pretty early in that third round, he was <laughs> essentially home. Hosting. Uh, he, yeah, he won it last year in a playoff, and so he's gone back-to-back, back, but yeah, in an absolute cancer, six strokes ahead of David Perry and Dylan Feldman, who tied for second place. And Chris Hill. Um, and Chris Hill. Sorry, I missed that. Sorry, Chili. Uh, and I saw that, uh, well, I heard from Ash, who was given some little voice memos to our tipping chat, that Dylan Feldman ended up taking a bogey, I think, on the last. Correct. To, to lose himself solo second. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty tight. And, yeah, good to see Chili. He, at one stage, not too long ago, like where for Nationals in, um, what is it, Queensland, he was the highest rated player in Australia, or no, he was just done, just before that he was or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then ended up being second place to uh, old mate. Drew Gibson. Which, you know, yeah, to Drew Gibson, playing the event of a, of a lifetime. And then, yeah, he sort of dropped off after that. We didn't see too much of him last year. And so, yeah, good to see him back really mixing up with the big boys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so good. Good for Australian disc golf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had some uh, Vicks travel up for that as well. Best of them was Ryan Deer with a neg eight, but he had a neg nine, 10, 15 rated final round. Yeah. So just getting that work done late, which uh, yeah pushed him hard up into 10th place, which was good to see. And uh, Ville was there in 12th. We had Mikey Hare in 16th. Uh, a couple ahead of Ryan Budge in 18th. And uh, I feel like I've missed Leo. And Leo Dykes in 16th as well. Right. Uh, tied with Mikey Hare. Yeah. Uh, the FPO, man, was I way off. Oh, was I way off. <laughs> I had just Jen Lahn destroying it. But uh, not only did she get massacred by Sarah Lee. She ruined my tip. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Oh, I think there was a few culprits for that. I had a pretty good lead, and then uh, a lot of people had a, some rough final rounds, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't lump it all on her. But, yeah, not uh, yeah, not, not great at all. 8.19 and 8.11 rated final rounds. Uh, that's, I mean, yeah, not much more you can say about that. But uh, Sarah Lee, with uh, with a pretty great event, round one and two, both hot, both above a 900 rated, well above her rating, and uh, yeah, ends up winning it by, I uh, can't even bother doing the math, 
a ton. A bunch. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch. So. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Johnson, first place. But I don't know uh, if that's going to do too much for the selection committee because it wasn't... Oh, I guess it was pretty good disc golf, but I don't know. It, we're seeing some... The same event that someone scored neg 28, he scores plus two. Mm. 30 off the pace. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no comment. I can't... I'm, conflict of interest. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just putting, just putting that out there. But yeah, still a, a win's a win for him. And uh, yeah, just quietly that MP40 division starting to pick up some cash. It gets 300 US for that, so... And MA1 uh, would have been definitely me if I had played. Um, <laughs> they, uh, what was it? Uh, rate, the average rating for Justice. 940. Um, 940. Psh, easy. I, <laughs> at a major? That's, oh, I got that. No drama. I've done that at least twice <laughs> before. So, not necessarily. But that's um, this is why I, I was hoping to head out there. There, there was uh, one, yeah, nine, or a couple of nine thirty rated golfers, but not too much else to speak of after that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not too many. There's, sorry, there's not a single major where shooting lower than nine fifty rated events should get an MA one victory. But uh, here we are. Yeah, so here we are. <laughs> well done. A big field, twenty four players. So. Well done to uh, to Justice. Uh, I don't think we had any Victorians. Oh, Troy Faramon was in Jay there. Jay Ross, he still counts. He lives on and, the river. Oh, yeah, true. There he is, Jay. What's up? Not the event he wanted, though. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, an FA1. Never heard of her. Kristen Murray. But, yeah, good one there. And in the MA40, very familiar name, uh, if you listen to the pod, Nicholas Hall. He gets a lot of mentions because he gets a lot of wins. So he's a thousand years old, but he's playing the MA40, I believe, because they were playing the uh, the better layout, the pro layout, all three rounds. And he did not want to play the amateur version. So he stepped up and then killed it. Uh, FA40, Carol Hartley. And she's had a few wins, actually. Uh, I feel like we've said her name a little bit. Yep. Um, MA50, Matthew Lammy. Not a lot of people we know nah. in any of this stuff. Nah. nah. Not too many down in the other divisions either. So Tom, uh, Tom Jankar uh, snuck up there. He took a fourth in MA2. Um, I feel like Ash Wiener uh, had a great event. Um and played well above his rating in all three rounds. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I missed yeah, that. took out a fourth in MA3. So that yeah. that's a huge event for Ash Wiedner. Uh Kyle Herbertson um, managed one round above his rating. So uh, that's one to Ash for the Park Media crew. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jason Wiedner, he's got the world's lowest rating, yet uh, still managed to <laughs> shoot one rating, one round below it. Um, <laughs> Let's go, Jason. But a couple above, you know, he's sub eight. Come on, Jason. How are you not 800 rated yet? Uh, look forward to the next update. Maybe he's getting to 800 soon. Um, Let's hope not so. seeing many other Eagles. Now, Max Tats was there. Ash got a little bit of revenge over Max Tats in uh, MA3, but 
Yeah, not too much. But yeah, big event. Cool to see. Uh, 147 players. So, it's huge. Uh, not sure if they'll have another event this year that'll come anywhere near close to that, though. I can't think of a single second Tassie, um, ACT event. Can you? <laughs> no. Nah, no. That's, that's it. I think they run one event a year, maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm but trying now, to, awesome I'm trying result. to alliterate something with Parliament. The, the Parliament... Parliament pumping? I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, let's head back home. We had a pretty cool event in Olinda. Oh yes, correct. Uh, we were both we were both there for that. Uh, how did that one shake out, Chris? Um, yeah, that was a probably uh, just the pinnacle event that unfolded on the weekend. Um, I'm not actually familiar with any other big events that were happening anywhere in the nation. Um, and, uh, yeah, I took out the W as they say. Um, so yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Huge first round. Nine, nine, uh, nine, nine, five rated first round. Uh, massive. Got to be feeling pretty good after that. Yeah, went into uh, obviously the second round with a four-shot lead over the next best and and then a few more over the rest. Um, so, yeah, um, it was obviously... It's actually my first victory, legitimate, like, kind of serious victory since 2019, and it's my biggest victory ever, um, which I don't think I knew at the... I didn't... Well, I didn't know at the time. I don't know. I definitely didn't know at the time. Definitely my biggest MPO victory. <laughs> Um, and then I kind of went back into my stats and I was like, oh, like this is the biggest MPO field I've ever beaten. Um, but like in, <laughs> in the end, I um, got it done by three strokes, but it, it got close. Like there was a stretch in the middle uh, through six holes where I went plus one. And in those same six holes, Aiden Howard went minus four and Ryan Hart also went minus four. Um, so I'd given up five strokes in six holes. Uh, against my two nearest chasers. Um, so to say that it was getting a bit tight uh, with about uh, six to play is an understatement. Uh, but thankfully, we, we got played 13, one of the, um, you know, the hit one to the basket at the bottom of the hill, the big meat hook hyzer. And um, no, all five of us on the same card, none of us put it close. Um, but I uh, dropped a 20-meter putt uh, in everyone's face. Uh, in hindsight, I should have given it the right, uh, the Ricky Wysocki. <laughs> yes. Um, but I didn't. I, um, but yeah, after sinking that putt, it just gave me a little bit of a breather. I knew there was a soft par five in front of us after that. And I, I was hard. I, I wasn't going to be able to get caught after that, but, um, yeah, it was an awesome battle in MPO. And obviously I'm, uh, chuffed to take a victory. Yeah, that's great. What'd you think of the course? Oh, so good, so good. Um, I, I wish it could be permanent, and it's if it was, it would be popular, uh, very, very popular. Um, look, it's Parks Victoria, and uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of establish something with them, which is unfortunate. I wish the relationship. Uh, I wish they were more forthcoming with this type of uh, innovation, but they are not, and. Yeah, I don't know how how favourable some of the locals were either, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I 
think it was awesome as well. I, I really liked it. There were some some really cool holes there. The I can't remember the numbers, but hole seven or eight or something like that, where you sort of shot through those two trees, uh, the double mando downhill. Seven. Yeah, uh, I mean that man. That's a hole. That's so good. Yeah. Just so difficult. So much touch required. Uh, that was really cool. The yeah, the the two down, the two big down the fairway ones were awesome. I really liked that. Um, yeah, just lots lots of cool holes and beautiful space. You could definitely see some crazy stuff happen in there if if we could. Oh, speaking of crazy um, stuff, hole eight's green. I loved hole eight's green and the basket basket placement on that green. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, now nah, for sure. I, I like that as well. That was really cool. Um, yeah, now nah, great course. Uh, yeah, great to all the crew that went out and and sort of did the work on that to get it going. And yeah, I wonder, I wonder if we could just try to get a big event there or something. Maybe the Melbourne celebrates will be in Olinda this year. Oh, I would love that. Uh, based on me just saying it right now. <laughs> it's on the it's on the <laughs> airways. Else, we have we have some pull in this community. The, yeah, exactly. But that could be pretty cool. I would love to see a big tournament there. It would take a shitload of volunteer work, though. So, um, yeah, if, if it does if it does start to be a thing, then I want to see a lot of people put their hands up because, yeah, it's pretty far away. There's absolutely nothing there. So every single thing would have to be set up. So, um, yeah, but let's try to speak it into existence. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, other people played as well, Chris, not just you. Uh, so Rube, did they? <laughs> Rube's uh, Rube's matched you, so um, almost shot for shot. So he was a uh, a couple behind you on round one, and a couple ahead of you on uh, round two. So he went uh, neg nine, neg nine, both of them, and came out with a very convincing victory over Chris Hart. I feel pretty bad for Chris Hart. He. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty outmatched there against Rubes. Rubes is doing plenty. Yeah. And in the MA1, looks like it was just a blip, an absolute uh, blip in the uh, radar for Oscar, the Ruffy Rumble, because he's back to being a weapon and taking out MA1 by a couple strokes over Chris Scott, who had a... Monster lead. Well, a monster lead over most everyone. A three-stroke lead over uh, Oscar after the first round. But yeah, Oscar with a big 9.62 rated second round. Just too good. Hands over him. Do a big victory. Mm. And I hit a birdie on the last to tie Glenn Maisie for third. So, sucker. <laughs> cop, cop that, Glenn. <laughs> And uh, Jacob Cruden way down in fifth. He hated every second of that second round. It was hilarious. It was, uh, it was really funny to be a part of. <laughs> three bo- three Especially, bogeys in a row at one point. Yeah, that was tough. That was so tough. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember back exactly how it all went down to, but I'm oh, almost certain the first two were Burdogies. I was going to say, how do you bogey eight? Yeah, I'm almost certain the first two were Bird dogies, uh, and then the third one was just an old-fashioned bogey. He, he cracked it. It was hilarious. It was so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, cool, at least I keep my polecat, because I was not playing particularly good either. <laughs> I thought it was just um, not like 
or there were several holes where touch was just an issue, like really not knowing how the distances are and what disc and whatnot. So I thought I'd be much better round two, but I was actually one worse. So, <laughs> um, MA40 though, Jesus. Taron and Tim Ware both killed it. Yeah. But Taron with a neg 13, just getting it done. Um, Tim Ware came hunting there. Yeah, Taron... Taron went in uh, with a seven-stroke lead into round crazy into round two after his minus eight, um, um, but yeah, Tim came hunting. Mm, almost got him, but uh, yeah, not enough. Yeah. Mike Vanderlyn and hot in MA fifty, the only negative score for the whole field on the weekend. So neg three was uh, yeah doing pretty good, disc golf uh, uh, average and above his rating. So, yeah, we, we mentioned this before, but he's a bit of an assassin at these things. He doesn't play a lot of PDGA events, but when he does, he, he, he tends to do pretty good at them. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, MO2, ring-a-ding-ding there. And um, I'd mm-hmm. love to know what hole they started on, but if I had to guess, it'd be like five or six or maybe even deeper. Um, yeah, it's probably six or seven where they started. And so one thing that jumps out at me there is uh, Penn finishes strong. Yeah, I don't have the whole score. Oh, yeah, so he he birdies two, three, four, and six. Um, So he he finishes strong to finish with a podium, goes minus two, minus five. So we did give him a bit of grief on the last podcast about maybe he bottles it down the stretch. Yeah. so that's interesting, and he as I don't know if we're, we're not all privy to some photos, but he was definitely carrying a, a an extra fat ankle um, throughout that yeah. round. Uh, but yeah, Sam Stoyer <laughs> gets it done, uh, one over Martin Go. So ring a ding ding. Yeah, good uh, good disc golf play by them. Uh, they both kicked my ass. Um. <laughs> good on them, but yeah, the big American. We uh, we were trying to figure out who would be like who, who's got that winning edge because they'd all had sort of small victories before. But looks like yeah, Sam Sam's the one, and uh, he's actually uh, I showed him this. I used him in an example. So I was talking to uh, our good friend Aaron. I can't remember what it was about uh, specifically, but uh, I said how uh, I it took me for ever to get above 900 rated and a lot of that was just not playing a lot of rounds and a lot of it just was not being that good but i sent him a, a screenshot of my ratings history and there was years where i had three updates for the year so i must have only been active three months of that year yeah. and i think there was a year in there where i just i didn't play a single pga tournament that year um so I was basically saying how, yeah, that was my approach, but that's not how things are now. So everyone else is getting much better, much faster. And I've gotten like, since getting to 900, it's been jumping reasonably steady at a much better pace than it was before. And then I was like, I'm trying to figure out who would be the perfect example to show him like this people are getting good quick now. And uh, I thought straight away of Sam. So I went to his ratings history. And yeah, surely enough, it was, yeah, eight, like middle 800s or whatever it was. And then five updates later, 900. Yeah. 
and you know 20 something rounds used per thing where a lot of my early stuff was like 8 11 like yeah 7 now You're like oh geez so uh yeah he he's been playing some pretty good disc golf uh, in the few short years that he's been playing. Definitely. So good to see him uh, up, yeah, 916 rated now, getting Ws. And I'm sure some of the people that were only a year or so behind him will be right there soon. Uh, MA3, Kalen, with a massive victory. Four strokes over Sean Maisie. I got to play with him in the first round. He's been playing for a couple of years. Yeah, who, who's uh, he's a kid. So he's a kid. He's in uh, first year of uni now, and um, yeah, he he throws uh, throws some wild shots. Like he he throws a lot of sort of forced over backhands, but has plenty in it. Like he was throwing some crushes. So I feel like if he could just get his hands on, you know, a more a less stable disc or something, and throw it flat, he could be doing could be doing a lot. But yeah, definitely has some good power. Um, putting and up shots let him down late. Like he started with, a, like out of the gates was hot. It was like three birdies in a row, and you know they were the course was sort of gettable, but you know, there was also spots where you can get yourself in trouble. Uh, and I was like, oh geez, I'm gonna get rolled pretty aggressively by this MA3 guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely got some talent there. Just hasn't played many. To- I think this is his first tournament actually. Um, I remembered afterwards that he'd reached out to me about the um, Ruffy Rumble. He, he's just trying to sort out the timing because he's picking up a new car or something. But um, yeah, no, good to see him. And yeah, he should be bumping his way up to MA2 pretty quickly, I think, if he can uh, yeah get some more consistent disc golf in it. Unreal. And it looked like he was there with a bit of a crew. So there's just been this like background crew of disc golfers. Yeah, it could be. I, there was a, I remember in the players' meeting, there was another um, Haramus, which is the last name mentioned. So, yeah, Archie. Looks like he uh, must have a brother there and yeah, must have brought some family or friends or something as well. So, uh, But now, super nice guy too. Um, I was taking the chump stats and I was like, I, was like oh, I don't know if I, can, <laughs> if I can get this kid, but then he played great. So I was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well done to him, and well done to Sean Macy. Pretty good event, tied with uh, Sebastian Gutierrez, whose name we've been seeing plenty of. Correct. Finally, MA4, we had a very small field. Cameron Robertson and Ben Matthews tied for first place, but Ben Matthews left, which means Cameron Robinson is our winner, I think. I don't know, it still says equal first well, on the Maybe uh, they're just keeping the PDJ T1. page. I guess so. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. I was I thought PDJ demanded a result, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, well done to to both of them. Some yeah, pretty decent disc golf. Cool. Uh yeah, cool event. I was uh I was pretty excited by that. Um and yeah, like I said, hopefully we can get something big there happening soon. So I said how I took some chump stats, but uh none of them were particularly chumpy. Um but you took some chump stats as well, and you had a fair chump on your card, didn't I you? I did, I did. All right, but I just want to shout out before we do get into the chump stats, probably the other end of the spectrum. Um, we glanced over Braden Boyack, um, ace, round one, second hole of the tournament um, on, ho- on hole eight. 
Uh, it's also worth shouting out um, Brett's Eagle, round one, Eagles hole three, and Aiden Howard, Eagles the massive par five, round one, which is a massive par five. That that that's big. That's a yeah. That, that's a big. Get. That's a big boy eagle, and yeah. Um, uh, round two, Oscar. Round two, Oscar. Thank you on yours for getting one. Round two, Oscar. The, the <laughs> longer downhill hole, hole 12. Yeah, that was cool. I was, I, I was on the card for that one. Uh, we all know Oscar has a sneaky forehand. He's not a powerful hand guy, but he, he's a good angle control guy. So with that downhill, he can make it work. And yeah, he threw something that sort of just flipped up enough and was gliding. And it actually punched through that tree on the corner, which it's a, it's a monster just to get to that tree. But it had enough heat left in it that it not only, yeah, like hit it, it pushed through it. And he had himself like a six or seven meter putt for the eagle, which he, yeah, canned in pretty good fashion after we spent a good minute looking for my disc. And then my second shot was crap and then my up shot. So, um yeah, a lot of time between drinks, between his drive and his putt. So, sick, sick eagle there. That, that's a big boy hole. Yeah, yeah, huge. All right, chump stats. Um, we're going to set up some leaderboards in this, and I'll, once I get organized, I'll share some of these leaderboards uh, via socials. But, um, obviously, I, I, got a, I got the ball rolling with 29% from C1X. Uh, last week, and and I I just I just don't see that getting beaten. If we play with someone that puts worse than that, wow we. If they ever play again, <laughs> wow we. All right. So, um, I thought let's just take stats on the whole card. I had someone in mind. I had someone in mind on my card round one, but I was like, I'll I'll keep stats for the whole card just in case. You know, I'll get some material out of this. But it did transpire the chump that I had in my sights. He chumped it up. And um, and, I, and, I, and I, I caught it right in the stats. So let me share a couple with you. So first of all, he, he only made it to circle one in regulation 17% of the time. Um, but, you know, I see other players doing that. You know, that's, it was a tough course. He only made it to circle two in regulation 28% of the time. Wow, that's pretty low. That's pretty low. And that, and that might hold strong on the leaderboard for a while. But the stat that I think is going to hold the whole season and I don't see get, getting taken down is actually his driving stat. So j- just for context on you, Disc, if you hit the fairway or a green in any context, you get a tick for driving. If you throw it into the junk, you get a cross. And on seven... Out of the 18 holes, this player has thrown it into the junk round one and has finished with 63% for driving. And I, I just, I don't see that getting topped. There's just, there's just so much more fairway than there is junk. And uh, Jeff Brunsting loved playing in the junk. And uh, on seven <laughs> holes, just threw it into trees. And for anyone at Alinda, one of these, I, I hope people can remember this, but one of these off the fairway shots was hole 10, um, where we were teeing off from a, behind a bit of a hedge off to the basket of one, and there was a big pole sticking out of that hedge that it's not really in play because you're throwing to the left of it. Jeff hits it dead center, does not get past it, <laughs> does not get past the hedge on his first throw. 
Um, that, that poll was not in play. Um, so anyway, Jeff Brunstein, welcome to the leaderboard. 63% for driving. That's holding strong, I think. I love how how much you underestimate how chumpy we are at disc golf. <laughs> the Australians, the, the people in Melbourne are at disc golf. Do you think that but we've gone two weeks now and that you've, we've, we've hit an unbeatable putting and driving mark in consecutive I weeks. We so, have, um, I reckon we have. <laughs> interesting. All right. Sounds good. But yeah, well, welcome aboard, Jeff. All right. So that was the final event of the Summer Cup Revival Series. So we've just shit on Jeff for being crap. But uh, we've got to give him a, a huge rap, uh, him and um, Alex, for running this whole thing. Uh, it was awesome. I, I, we should have done some more research on this. I don't know. I feel like it was 10 events, right? Look, do I wish I had the um, spreadsheet up in front of me for this podcast episode? Oh, I've... <laughs> I've got the spreadsheet for uh, the results, so I can go through yeah, that. Yeah, well, if you click on one yeah. of the tabs, it tells you all the events across the top. Oh, there you go. Uh, oh, yeah, bang. One, two, three, nine events. Oh, I was pretty close. Oh, that includes the uh, Stony and the Bicentennial League. Yeah. So it was seven, yeah, seven events. I guess all the flexi, the flexi frenzies were morphed into one, one event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's what threw me off. Um, but yeah, amazing. So yeah, seven, seven events they put on themselves, uh, in a very short period, which is really, really cool. Uh, I really hope it's back next year for sure. Summer cup is revived in my opinion. Yes. But we've got some final standings here. So we'll start with the, uh, MA4, standings, prize division. All right, here we go. Uh, not all the divisions made the cut because you had to have a minimum of three events played to get it done. But in MA4, we had Ben Hare take it out over Alistair Morley. Uh, in MA3, we had Roller's own Aaron Picanti Beans, who took it out pretty comfortably over David Eames and the ace man, Braden Boyack. Finally, like the... He's ridiculous with those eight. When's the last time you had an ace, Chris? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, you had one in practice the other day. Yeah, you dick. <laughs> yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I haven't had one in forever. Braden's had three in, like, things. Yeah, two at social days and one for 450 bucks or whatever it was in a PGA event. So, he can eat a dick. But anyway, <laughs> ace man Braden Boyack in, in third... <laughs> The MA50 was pretty hotly contested. I think there was 100, 100 events played between these eight people. But, um, yeah, Doug Adams takes it out reasonably comfortably in the end over Jeff Brunsting, who was uh, yeah, a little bit ahead of Terry Bohan. And in the MA40, Taron's heroics at Llewellyn were not enough to, to get one over on Tim Ware, who had... Who had a pretty hectic uh, summer, I must say that. With uh, Lee Thompson in third. MA2, it was uh, our own Pen Lou as well. 
over Brett Zeeble, who's been playing a lot of just golf lately. He's been playing pretty good, just quietly. And uh, Peter Chu in third. But, uh, yeah, pretty not like pretty close there between Penn and uh, Brett, but well done there, Penn. True. In MA1, no surprises at all, but Oscar Felberg takes it out easily over Sam Barnett. And I'm in third place purely because I'm the only other person who has three events. Uh, wasn't really wasn't really competing. <laughs> yeah. um, and the all-female combined divisions, we had Emma Winkworth over Tanya Behan. And in the MPO and MP40, I'm seeing uh, C. Ronald's name. At the top of the leaderboard there. Bang, bang. Getting it Is, done. Uh, can that be right? Yeah, and I... Um, so, Chris Ronalds, yeah? Yeah, I was going to say, I I knew, I figured it out going into um, hole 18 at Alinda that um, basically a, a big victory at Alinda would maybe leapfrog. I came from fourth to first for, in, at Alinda. Big. Yeah, it was Big. it was tight in the MPO. Um, Aiden was up there. Remind me, Ryan Deere was up there and Daz. Uh, yeah, it ended up being yourself, Aiden in second, Ryan Deere in third, Josh Smith stuck snuck oh, up Josh to fourth. Smith, yep. Uh, one point, one solitary rating point ahead of Darren Stacey. Well, they basically all... <laughs> That's brutal. Before Alinda, they were all in front of me, those players that you listed. Um, yeah, well, it's very close. 2844, 2845, and then in third place was 2848. Yeah. And then Aiden pretty far ahead of them. So, big jump. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, stoked. And I let Aiden know about it um, as I tapped in my 30-centimeter <laughs> birdie putt on hole 18. I... um. Obviously had the like obviously went into eighteen uh, with a bit of a lead, uh, and then parked it and I uh, and uh, yeah just walking up to the basket I was like, I'm gonna take out summer cup here and and there's some prizes up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, there was gonna be a lot more prizes too, but Braden stole four hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> worth of our our kitty. <laughs> now that'd be cool. I'm sure they'll announce that soon, but uh, yeah. If we know anything about a, a Jeff run event, there'll be some great prizes. Yeah. So, yeah, well done to you, mate. Big weekend. Thank you. And and I took out Big Digi Tag weekend. 9. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, the people who don't know, uh, our little group chat, Oscar came up with a fantastic idea for making uh, digital bag tags. So, uh, we all have like a nickname for our Facebook name. And uh, before that, it'll be, you know, one dash this person, two dash that person. And then anytime we play, whether that be casual or in tournament, whoever ends up on top, you know, we swap them like their tags would. Uh, and yeah, Christy had this hectic weekend, but uh, got rolled at Stony League by Hardy, who had the worst DigiTag. <laughs> <laughs> so you've gone from hero. So you're the best player uh, over the summer, but the uh, worst player in our group. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, so speaking of Stony Lee, uh, no, before that, we've got to get to the Llewellyn social day. There was a social day on this weekend as well. Apparently. What a hectic weekend for, for this golf. Uh, some crazy fools 
uh, backed it up. I was pretty cooked, so I didn't. Yeah, I did not. No chance. Spent a bit of time at home, but uh, Aiden Howard, next seven streaks ahead of the field. Next place was uh, Mike Vanderlinden and Peter Chu with neg threes, and Doug Adam with a neg two. No one else mustered a a negative under that. Braden there with an even, but no aces, so we don't Lame. care. <laughs> but yeah, twenty two people showed up. So um yeah, good event. Yeah, well done. Uh Tom Mason takes out the handicap. So uh, Tom Mason. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Tom Mason takes out the handicap, so worth a shout out. Uh closely followed by uh Philip Hall and Michael Smith. Michael Smith, he plays a lot of disc golf. Yeah. Michael Smith I d I could yeah, for sure. I don't, maybe he wasn't at a Linda, but he he is at like all of these midweek things, he's at them all. So Yeah, nah, definitely. Yeah, he, he pops up for sure. Yeah. Uh, so was he there last night at uh, the Stony Creek? Yeah, of, uh, of course. Of league course day? He <laughs> of course he, he was. was. <laughs> uh, it was brutal. I, um, I did not sign up. Uh, the... Um, the weather wasn't as hot as I thought it was going to be, but the wind was just as, as bad as I thought it was. So I had no interest in that. I was like, you know what? Sitting at home would be much better. <laughs> uh, but you showed up. I certainly did. It was, uh, was that a mistake? Uh, no. Look, it was character building. It was character building. Um, <laughs> I would have liked a few more players to turn up with some higher ratings just just to benefit the, the rating pool for us all. Um, but yeah, three, three of us managed to go under the card. Um, as you mentioned, Mark Hardy took it down with a minus two. Minus two was the hot round of the night. Uh, and it came in as 940. <laughs> and I, I, look, I just think it's light on. I, me and Penn shot minus one, um, which came in as 930 golf. And I, I didn't leave many out there. I didn't leave many out there. It was fucking windy. Um, yeah, and, and the pirate holes that we were playing, we'd never played before, and, and they were really tough. And they were really, really tough. Um, so, look, you know, am I surprised that, um, you know, the likes of Canty Beans went plus nine. Um, the light, Ash Wiener goes plus nine. Michael Smith, who we were just talking about, goes plus 17. Um Tosh goes plus nine. Like, you just like eight pars. I just going into the round. I'm like, par will do it. Par will do it in these conditions. And yeah. Hardy managed a minus two. Fair yeah. play to him. Very nice. Yeah. Well, that wrapped up that um, as well. The the league finished with its uh, ninth round, which saw you take out MPO over Dazzle. Uh, Tosh take out FPO over Suzanne yep. and Hardy all he had to do was show up and uh, that was enough but he ended up shooting the hot round instead back to back hot rounds in week 8 and 9 got him the win over myself uh, Janet and Emma tied for first yes they just made it to the one uh, each yeah uh, MA40 Aaron Ponderay FA40, Tanya Behan. MA50, the aforementioned Michael Smith, who went to eight of the nine yep. rounds. 
Uh, Pen Lu, who went to nine of the nine rounds, takes out MA2 over Tim Wen. In Wen. a ring-a-ding-ding. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a good one. Uh, MA3, Ash Wiedner, who, uh, yeah, also went to eight of the nine rounds. Yeah. So, a lot of people playing a lot of golf, which is <laughs> great. The over Mike Jeff didn't turn up for was because he cracked the sads about a hole he didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that, but I'm not mad that you did. Uh, and David Wood takes out MA4 over Juan Manuel Reda Cristancho. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> I'm sure that was not right. <laughs> Uh, but it was awesome. I only came out to a couple of weeks uh, early because midweek's hard for me. But uh, it was great. I love that uh, Sam puts it on. So uh, I'm sure he'll do another one again. So thanks heaps to Sam Stoyer. It was, yeah, best time. Going to look forward to next summer already. Excellent. All right, we're almost done, guys, I promise. But we did have someone reach out to us. Uh, it was Good friend of ours, Oscar Felberg, reached out. Now that he's uh, quite the good disc golfer, now that he's a genuine 940 guy getting eagles uh, <laughs> on big downhill holes, all of a sudden he's hey, like, me? remember that player raider? <laughs> <laughs> that player raider that you used to do? Well, you never did me, so uh, how, how, how about we get that done? Um, big shock. I didn't see that coming, but... Um, <laughs> Sure, we, we're here for the people. So you want to get rated? We'll rate one night only. Um, <laughs> so how, how do we even do this? What, what are our categories, well, we, Chris? We, I can barely did remember. To, we had to have a bit of a, uh, a briefing pre-podcast just to remember how this shit worked. Um, but look, we've got four categories that we're going to rate him against and a special category. The four categories are driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes. Uh, and uh, we we had to come up for a special category for him as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. was that? So we 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 toed and froed on a few things, and uh, there's a couple of things we could say for Oscar. But in the end, uh, we've we've got we've stuck with the Brody Smith theme that we've opened the podcast with, and we're going with the ability to uh, create and run a YouTube channel. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right, so what do we start with? Driving? Start with driving. So I think it's a tough one. So I'm going to go with a four. Uh, it doesn't have the distance. He's, he's not a distance guy. Um, like compared to, you know, a lot of other people in the MA1. But his angle control, his flip-up forehands, no one in Victoria, throws a better flip-up forehand than him. Like, no one can take a flippy wraith, the flippiest wraith in the world, to the one he has, and throw it on a hyzer, have it flip up to flat, and then finish like he can. Not a single one. So, uh, very strong four for me for uh, for driving. For All right. I'm, I'm finding that extra 0.5. Um, and... The reason Excellent. I go for 4.5, it's for all the reasons that you mentioned, but I'll add in there that he, um, he you know, he takes the weights of the discs uh, pretty seriously, and and he's been one of the very few players getting around that uh, 
his money slot is less than 170 grams. And a lot of his drivers, even though they're high-speed rates or whatever they might be, they are lighter weight um, high-speed rates. And that's just like a little uh, bit of chess that he's playing. But also, he's got a roller. Um, and we saw that we saw that green jacket weekend. And yes, he has a back end. Yes, he has an awesome sidearm. And he's got some tricks up his sleeve. That's a 4.5 for me. Excellent. I love that. Good. Uh, what about, what was putting. the next thing? Putting. Putting. Um, I'm going to go with a solid four. Um, he, look, he, I, he, he's not someone from outside 10 that I ever go, oh, Oscar's a sneaky here. And yeah, look for that. He 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 can't fall into the point five for me. He's a, he's a good solid putter. You, you don't become a nine thirty golfer without being one. Um, but I I'm yet to I'm yet to see any sort of consistency from circle two. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, not not the not the range guy, but uh, definitely not prone to anywhere near as many doinks as uh, as this guy is. So. Uh, Got to give him a four for sure. All right. Off to a solid start here. Mental game, where do you have him? Mental game, I think pretty good. He uh, yeah, I, he can kind of get a little, uh, I don't know, not down on himself, but like, I don't know. It's not. It's definitely not bad. I, I think another four there for me. Like he, he, I don't think he gets into the weeds and can lose it. Uh, but I don't think he's uh, he's not a rock solid Chris Scott, so I'm going okay. four. Okay, I yeah, it's a tough one. Oh, you sound like you've gone no, a different no, direction. I, I like I I was gonna probably say three point five, so it's gonna work out as a four anyway. I think for mine and Oscar and his mental game, um, he yeah, you're right. He never goes to the dark side. He never goes to the shadow realm. But but he is guilty of checking out. Um, he does just like check out sometimes, and when he checks True. out, um, like you know, he's just not invested, and and the scores show, uh, and that that is a weakness. He's not someone who can, you know, go bogey par bogey and then be like, right, I'm gonna fire up. Like he'll he'll just then have a flat round. Um, but um, you yeah, he you know he you would never know it unless you know it sort of thing. He's um. Outwardly, he's, he's a, um, yeah, just always cool, calm, and collected. So, a four's fair. Yeah, true. Now, I forgot about the uh, the checking out thing. That is pretty valid. He kind of just, like, get to the point where he's like, you know, disc golf's not that important to me. Like, oh, cool, third. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, nice. All right, and then uh, what's our final category? Card fight. So, I always like playing with Oscar. He's uh he's not a big, you know, like uh, jovial guy like we've had some, but uh, Oscar's always fun and uh, cheeky good value. Plus, I don't know, I feel like I've got to be like better around him, so I, that gives me because <laughs> I've had I had a round not too long ago where I was a salty boy and I was like, oh, don't don't do that, not yeah. around Oscar. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think a, a four point five. Yeah, for good. Me. He, he's one of the boys. We're not going to give him lower than four point five. Pretty sure we might have only done that to Dazza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hate Daz though. He's the shittest guy to play with what? in Australia. <laughs> Look at that. 
<laughs> like about Oscar is um like for a long time and maybe even still like he his nickname in our group chat is Sniper and and like sometimes mid rounds either about himself or about us or about someone else across the field like he doesn't he doesn't dig much but when he digs it's always just bang on um and I yeah. just I love I love that sniper mentality yeah, yeah. me too. All right, so uh, what's our subtotal? You got that up? <laughs> a fucking bunch. Uh, se- he's up to 17. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. I think that's good. I can't remember, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure that's good. I was at the top of the uh, leaderboard with like a 19 or some shit. <laughs> no, no, no. You got him. Yeah, it could nah, be because nah, zero I'm in the final you, cap. That's it. The top of the leaderboard. I've got it in front <coughs> of me. The top of the leaderboard oh, is 19. Boy. So. Well, we've been doing this. We haven't been doing this for too long. We're just giving oh, points away Oscar, now, I guess. Here we go. We, sh- we should have reconsidered the yeah, uh, YouTube channel it. thing. Uh, <laughs> let's make it ability to win green jacket quickly. <laughs> uh, I think we've got to stick with what yeah, we started we do, with. Sorry, do, my friend. Do, Jesus. So, um, was ability to create and run a YouTube yep. channel. So, a lot of you might not be familiar, but before we had Parked Media, we had Cut Gosh, Roll Media. What a name. Cut roll media. What a name. Exactly. Who would it? The thrillers of yesteryear. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, Oscar, that's his channel. He's got some weird disc inventions. Like he's 3D, no, not 3D printed. He's CNC'd his own wooden discs. He's gotten balloons and uh, wrapped them around normal discs and thrown them. Uh, I don't know, a lot of weird stuff that he gets pretty excited he's about. Got, uh, he's got uh, but Vic also, Open with yeah. 459 views. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he was filming Tawny's back then too. and um, But but it would take a genuine year for the coverage to come out. <laughs> uh, and uh, do you have the channel up? When was the last time he had a, he had a, a One year ago. video? One year ago, the last time. So, what is it? Create and run. Well, create, he created. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we've got to go uh, right in the middle with a 2.5. Oh, all right. All right. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some stats here just quickly. Um, I'm just jumped yeah. on Park Media just, just for a bit of a view account. Um, and... <laughs> Right, so like, let's make let's keep things fair. Uh, Ruffy Rumble, you've got Park Media averaging, let's call it 400 views, except round one front nine sitting at a thousand. Jumping back, jumping back to yeah, yeah, really? views. Jumping back to um, pa- uh, Cut Roll Media, experimental balloon wrapped disc, <laughs> one thousand one thousand views. Oh, let's go. He got yeah, a thousand we'll views. Wait for this. Vic Open 2021. Uh, 459 views. Um, <laughs> Fourth Circle Disc. What a company. Fourth Circle Discs review. Dingo. 600 views. There we go. This right, I'm just going to jump back to uh, three years ago. In the bag. A mixed bag for a 930 rated golfer. Hold your phone, kids. <laughs> 13,000 views. 13,000 views. Yeah. What? 
And I remember this video. This was this was COVID central. The graphics he put into this video in the middle of the COVID, second to none. Uh, and he and a couple of little jokes in there, as the sniper does. And uh, yeah, I don't know who these thirteen thousand people are, but I, I look <laughs> create yes, run no, but I I am I'm going to round him up to. I'm going to round him up to a three, simply for that 13,000 views. Oh, bang. I thought you were going to like give him a, a half just to try <laughs> nah, to get... Nah, nah. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. He takes nice. out the leaderboard. Um, if that's a three, what did I say he was up to? 17. There's 20. And the, and, and the game would... Big. Maybe we bring this back once a year. Um, <laughs> uh, he's the new leaderboard. New leader. There you go. There you go. Oscar Felberg, uh, the best disc golfer in yeah. Victoria. And he, he, you know, he only has to listen to uh, 100, uh, an hour and 16 minutes of podcast to get to this segment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, let's be quick then. We'll finish off with Spotlight, Not Light, so I can put this together and yes. go to bed. Uh, you got any Spotlights? Uh, oh, I, I do. I do. It's a simple one. Tosha Frequent. Um, look, we talked about um, the summer league at Stony. Tosha, Tosha's rocked up to a bunch. Um, always a pleasure to catch up with Tosh. Last night, she goes above and beyond and rocks up with a couple of, um, oh, what do you call them, like sport club coolers full of ice cold water for the field to enjoy. Um, just next Excellent. level. For those that don't know, Stony doesn't have taps. And last night was 40,000 degrees. Um, and so <laughs> just what a ledge. What an absolute ledge. Um, my spotlight, easy one this week for me. Nice. Very good. Um, yeah, we had a lot of cool disc golf stuff happen. We gave most of them the shout outs though. So don't really care about that anymore. But we went to the uh, pig and whistle oh, or something. Oh. In, uh... Yes. <laughs> In in between round one and round two at oh. Olinda, um, good English pub, and we thought, well, we'll grab a Palmer, why not? And uh, you and I both oh, got the Irish Palmer, biggest schnitzel you've ever seen, bacon and cheese on top, and then just covered in the curry gravy. Which, if you're not familiar with the um, like the English gravy or the English Irish, whatever the hell that is, um, it's essentially like a katsu curry sauce and it was amazing so uh shout out to the giant palmer at the pig and whistle uh that is two good spotlights by us that's a good one well done (laughs) all right not light um i was gonna honorable mention uh brody smith uh, and we've already given him our shit but i'm gonna go after pdj stat mando and the and the live scoring at chess.com Oh, I was going to yeah. get your thoughts on this. I forgot about just, it. Yeah, please. Just please butchered. Do. Absolutely butchered. There, at one stage, PDJ, the entire site was down. You know, they've obviously negotiated with UDISC behind closed doors, trying to come to some deal. And look, I'm going to assume that they, they've asked UDISC to lower prices or they threaten to leave and go with Statmando, who's running a couple of spreadsheets out of his shed. Well, I'm look... Proof's in the pudding. UDISC is a much better operation than a couple of spreadsheets out of the shed. Your whole website went down as a result of you trying to pivot in this direction. And my biggest frustration with the whole thing is 
I tipped Kelvin Heimberg on the weekend. And if I wanted to find out how he was going, I just had to endlessly scroll because you can't star players to keep them at the top so you can see how you, your chosen players are going. And that's just a massive oversight. Piss poor, not light for mine. Fair enough. Um, mine goes to uh, an individual player and uh, I can't look past Josh Smith. So signed with Kingfisher this year. Uh, new MPO player on their roster. He's had four events and he has gone last, second last, last, last. He's going after the Melton Meeple. The <laughs> Melton Meeple, man, that would that's actually pretty good. That should have been a spotlight there. If you haven't seen the Ruffy Rumble coverage, get around that. What a what a nickname. That was a good big big choice for them. Uh, but yeah, not yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's rough rough start to the year. So he he needs to turn uh, it around. I- He's, yeah, he's, better he's better than, than that. that. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, let's watch this space, but uh, uh, valid, not like good stuff. And the one, the sec, the one second last was uh, at Ballarat when we shamed Nathan Parry for not being good enough. So there you go, yeah. Nathan Parrish. Cool. All right. Um, geez, big episode, but uh, yeah, think it was a good one. So um, yeah, thanks everyone for sticking with us and thanks for listening. Not so fast, guys. One more thing we forgot to mention. The Choose Dubs crew were at it on Tuesday. Dazza drew the solo card and he shot a negative 17 on his own, but was outdone by Aiden and Lachlan, who ended up with a neg 18. A neg 18. Crazy. They got two eagles and two pars, and the rest were all birdies. Yeah, that, that's getting it done. So, new course record. Uh, well done to the crew.